In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Brothers and sisters, all of us, no matter how old or young we are, no matter what we do in our lives, we all want to know the truth. We all want to be told the truth. We have a thirst for the truth. Without the truth, whatever's in front of us, whatever we're dealing with, it's not enough. Whether we know it or not, we're seeking constantly for the truth, to be satisfied by it. And at the same time, we also want to give the truth. When we tell stories, we want people to believe us. When we talk to people, we want them to pay attention to us and understand that we're saying something from our whole minds, our whole hearts. So we both want the truth, and we also have this desire to spread the truth. As you guys heard in today's gospel passage, there's kind of a prologue to the main story. St. Luke begins his account of the gospel with an address to someone, some entity, named Theophilus. Lover of God is what that word means, Theophilus. So people who comment on scripture tell us that this can be addressed to us too. Those who love God, those who want to know God, those who want the truth about God. And St. Luke is very careful with these words. He's telling us very directly that this is a very organized narrative that he's about to tell, that he's about to write for us. And it's concerning the truth. It comes from people who were from the beginning eyewitnesses. This is all real. This is all true. And it's for the sake of us, those who love God, those who want to know God. It's for the sake of us to have certainty as much as we possibly can. So just as a background to anything that St. Luke talks about after that statement, he's telling us, everything I'm about to tell you is real. Everything I'm about to tell you is true. Everything I'm about to tell you is there to satisfy that desire we all have to know the truth and then to empower us to be able to go spread the truth. That by itself is a lot. That by itself is telling us this isn't just some story. This isn't just some narrative. A lot of us might actually take it that way. A lot of us might hear this gospel passage every first week of Advent, have it go in one ear, come out the other, and maybe we'll look forward to the next year that it's read. Maybe that's what we do with every gospel passage. Maybe that's what we do with our whole faith. We just practice it as a matter of tradition. Instead of looking up to it as something that's not only said to be true, but can change us. So again, this is real. It's not just a story. It's not just a narrative. It's not just another biography of another hero of classical literature. It's true. These things happened. People saw these things and they were changed by them. What's true about today's gospel? 
What's so applicable about today's gospel? Zechariah is serving as a priest. It's his turn to go into the temple, to go into the sanctuary of the temple and do his duty as a priest, offer incense. And while he's doing that, he receives this message from Gabriel, the archangel, that he's about to welcome John the Baptist. Elizabeth, barren and old in age, is about to give birth. And I think all of us would have responded in a very similar way, if not the same way. I think all of us would have been scared. All of us would have been shocked. All of us wouldn't really have known what to think without the eyes of faith, without looking up to something that's beyond us, that can change us. And so Zechariah has some doubt in his heart. At first, he can't really believe what's going on. The fact that him and his wife are going to welcome a baby boy who is not just going to be born, but is going to live up to the most important role, maybe, of the Old Testament. Connecting the Old Testament to the New Testament. Connecting what has come before Christ to Christ and the message that he brings. And we see that because of this doubt, because of this fear, keyword fear, that was set upon Zechariah's heart, Gabriel replies by telling him, okay, you don't believe what I'm saying? You're scared of what I'm saying? You're not willing to let it enter your heart and mind and change you? I'm Gabriel. I was sent by God. And everything I've told you is true. Go think about it. Go think about it in silence. Go spend some time and reflect. Meditate on what I've just said. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we also doubt. Sometimes fear falls on our hearts as well. And according to the way that we're formed in this world, in this postmodern society, where the only truth is something that can be measured, or the only truth is something empirical, the only truth is something that can be placed under a microscope, according to the way that we've been formed by this society, it seems like there's a lot to doubt. It seems like, according to the beliefs of many groups of people that at the same time exist in this society, it seems like there's a lot to doubt. But at the same time, you and I, being rational and social creatures, have brains that are meant to be exercised to observe what's going on around us. We're meant to use our senses to observe what's going on around us. And on a natural level, based on what we are, based on how we're built, how we're made, how we exist, how we live, it's good, objectively good for us to use our senses to observe this natural world and see the way things work. And by doing that, by doing that, fundamentally, we can get to the reality that God does exist. So on, a natural, on the natural side of things, we don't need to doubt. We can come to the conclusion, the reasonable, sensible conclusion, that God does exist. But we might have other doubts. If God exists, how can He be good? 
If God exists, what does Christianity have to do with Him? If God exists, what does this church have to say and teach, and why should I trust it? Why should I believe any of it? Why should I live my life according to it? I think these are questions all of us have asked ourselves at some point, and that's okay. But what do we learn from Zechariah? Again, what's so true about today's gospel? To stay in a state of doubt is dangerous. To stay in a state of doubt means to, to be missing out on something. To be missing out on something very big. And what do we miss out on? When we hear the gospel and we don't ask, and we don't go and sit in silence and meditate on it, like Gabriel told, told Zechariah to do, what do we miss out on? Brothers and sisters, we miss out on the reality that God does not just exist, but exists as a father who never abandons his children. Like I said, the coming of John the Baptist was for the sake of connecting everything that happened in the Old Testament to what was going to happen in the New Testament and to the effects that we continue to see from the, Old, from the New Testament. We miss out on the fact that God never abandoned His children, never abandoned His bride throughout the history of salvation. There were always those faithful to Him. There were always prophets speaking in His name. There, there was always miracles being done. His grace was always at work. And then we see it comes to its fruition. It comes to its peak in the birth of Christ and in the redemptive act of Christ on the cross. The precursor of all of that being John the Baptist. So brothers and sisters, sometimes we'll doubt. Sometimes we'll ask questions. Sometimes fear will set upon our hearts. But the resources for us to lift up ourselves out of that doubt are there. We have scripture. We have revelation. We have tradition of the church. We have our minds. We're made in the image and likeness of God, which means that God has given us what we need for us to be reflections of Him. God has given us what we need so that when He looks at us, He sees a reflection of Himself which is the most beautiful relationship we can ever ask for. Because again, God doesn't just exist. He exists as a father who has never abandoned his children and has always been in love with them. In love with them so much so that he became one of them to lift, up, to lift them up out of the mess that they have created. God became one of us so that we could become like him. And in the fulfillment of time, that all started with John the Baptist. That all started with this annunciation to Zechariah. So brothers and sisters, let us prepare ourselves for the birth of Christ in this season of Advent. This is the first week of Advent. Let's pay attention more and more to the areas of our lives where we lack humility, where we lack this recognition of God, where we've continued to doubt God and His goodness. And let us do what we can to seek out the resources, the abundant, abundant resources that exist in front of us to give ourselves the answers to increase our faith in God. Amen.